Hello. Is uh, Natalie it? Oh, where the fuck is my fucking coat? Oh, hello. Hello. Um, this is my mum and my dad and my Uncle Tony and my Auntie Glyn. Hi. Very nice to meet you. And um, this is the Prime Minister. Yes, <laughs> we can see that, darling. And um, unfortunately, we're very late. <laughs> It's the school Christmas concert, you see, David. Ah. It is the first time all the local schools have joined together. Even St Basil. Too much detail, Mum. Uh, anyway, uh, how can we help, sir? Well, I... just needed Natalie. On some state business. Oh. Right, yes. Of course. Right, uh, Well, perhaps you should uh, come on later, Plumpy. Uh, Natalie. Oh, well, listen, I don't want to make you late with the concert? No, it's nothing really. Keith will be very disappointed. No, really, it doesn't matter. The octopus costume's taken me months. Eight is a lot of legs, David. Hmm. Um, well, listen, why don't I, um, give you a lift and then we can talk about this state business business in the car. Okay. Lovely. Lovely, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Hold tight, everybody. Got the Nightfly with you. How are you, everybody? Welcome to a brand new podcast. As the nighttime draws closer and closer during the day, the clocks are back. It's fall, winter, the depression period. The people that the, the period that makes people just really feel like a bag of crap. It's here. It's queer. Get used to it. Yes, today the first day experiencing darkness. Five o'clock. Leaving work. Oh my. I'm afraid. Dark and rainy and the recording of this podcast. Uh, this will be out on the uh, 13th or something. I don't know. Monday. We'll release a podcast on Monday. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast uh, with Mitch Watson. The great Mitch Watson, I got to tell you. I think it's one of my favorite podcasts. Well, Mitch Watson from uh, DreamWorks Animation. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I mean, listen. That guy's dad is unbelievable. Guy, you know, the guy was working on HR Puffin stuff. I mean, that was the dream. That was the that was the reason I, you know, wanted to get into show business. Probably, this guy's sitting there in the sixties. He's working with HR Puffin stuff. He's working with Puffin stuff. He's working with Jack Wild. He's working with the great Jack Wild. Nobody gets to work with the great Jack Wild, except you know, uh, that, you know, the people in Oliver. Uh, that are everybody's dead. I think. Jack Wilde. Jack Wilde was a, a living legend of, of awesomeness. He was nominated for an Oscar when he was really young. Oh, but that's just crazy, man. That is just absolutely crazy. Mitch Watson's dad, you know, was there for this. Hi, Mama. Can 
because I'm a mechanical boy. Oh, this is when it picks up. His dad was there. He, he filmed this scene. That's unbelievable. That's sick. Here it comes when the horns come in. Ba 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 da. Ba 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 da. Ba 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 da. That's because I'm a, cause I'm a, cause I'm a, cause I'm a, cause I'm a mechanical boy. Gee, Jimmy. So I liked last week's podcast a lot. You know, when I let him talk, I think he was an outstanding guest. When I gave him an opportunity to talk. God, I noticed I was like talking so fast. You know, when I listen back. Uh, I don't think I was nervous or anything. I just uh, get excited. I get excited to bring you the podcast every week. I get excited. I'm like, we're in a fun studio. We have a good guest. I get excited. There's a lot brewing in the podcast world of the Nightfly. What did I just go? Um, the thing I played up top, of course, love actually, got to get ready for it. I don't know. It's a toughie. (laughs) It's not going uh, according to plan, although I say that about everything, I guess, but you know, we're taking a chance for, we're making a Christmas thing and then we'll get back to what we know best, which is the mafia stuff. Hopefully. Although this weekend I went to the Giants game. And uh, just for tailgating purposes, then we left. I mean, what's the point? You, you, you need to see him. You know, I can, I don't give a shit about the Giants, but the if you're a fan, do you really need to see him get blown out 51 to 17? We sat there in the parking lot, and Jay Maracas, Lee's brother, just said, they're going to get cream. They're going to get cream. We know they're going to get cream, but we're going to go in anyway. Uh, and boy, was he right. The Rams are badass. The Giants stink. I mean, they really stink. And it, it is so funny. It is exactly as I predicted. I mean, it's exactly as I predicted when the season started, once the Giants lost the first day and the Jets won, I believe they won the first game, right? And I said, you know what's going to happen? The Jets are going to end up going eight and eight and the Giants are going to go zero. I didn't even think they're going to win a game. They're going to win one game as they already have. And they're going to get the number one draft pick, solidifying them to greatness for the next 20 years once Eli leaves. It's unbelievable. And I'll tell you something else. First of all, you know, why do I hate the Giants? Oh, I don't know. Um, because people suck. You know, Eli Manning and, and people pick on him. They're not really picking on him, but they're picking on him. They, 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 they've won you two Super Bowls. Everybody relax. Everybody relax. You know? How many Super Bowls do you want to have? Give somebody else a chance. I always say that because my teams stink. All right, Exhibit A. Now, here's... Joe Girardi from the New York Yankees. We don't usually talk baseball that much, but Joe Girardi from the Yankees got fired. And this is why I am a Yankees hater. I became a Yankee. I never had any problem with the Yankees. I got excellent photographs from 1996, 97, the good years, sitting right over the dugout. I had the uh, George Steinbrenner's old seats from an old man that used to come into a bar and give us tickets. And I had no problem with the Yankees. The Mets were always my favorite team. I had no ill will towards the Yankees. And then uh, when they won the World Series, very excited that 96 was amazing. Uh, Wade Boggs riding around on that horse. I mean, there's no better way to win a World Series than that. I haven't seen anything in the past 20 years that has been better than Wade Boggs going around on that horse. Meanwhile, you know, it's still bad that it's Wade Boggs because we think of him as absolutely a Red Sox, you know. And then all the Red Sox came over to win their championships with the Yankees. And then I guess they went back. But, um, you know, 
the, the reason I don't like them, I think I was at one of the clinching World Series games, maybe 98, maybe 99. I can't remember. They won at home. I'm sitting there. They win the World Series, and then they just go to the locker room. They didn't even care. They're like, yeah, we did it. And, and then that was it. There was no celebration. There was no Wade Boggs. There was no nobody going around saying hello to everybody. They, they, got, they got cocky. They're like, oh, we win championships every year. What's, what's the difference? And that's when I said, you know what? I really dislike the Yankees, and I mostly hate their fans. I really hate Yankees fans. I hate them. They stink because, you know, they're so angry. They're so angry. You know, the, the 27 championships, they're so angry. And then, you know, every year, you listen, they, they lost that game, um, you know, a while, to Cleveland. You know, after they ended up winning, of course. They lost the game. They're blaming Girardi. They're blaming Girardi. He made a bad move. He made a bad... They're just so angry. The team has completely gone beyond any expectations for the year. They weren't supposed to be in the playoffs. They weren't supposed to be in the World Series. It was clearly a rebuilding year. You take them to one game before you get to the World Series. You take them as far as you can go without getting to the World Series, which is the last stop, a, a team that's not supposed to be there, all young kids, and then you fire the manager who won you a World Series in his tenure? You guys suck. On the flip side of that, though, I'm jealous because the Yankees are looking. They want to win the World Series. They're mad that he didn't take them all the way to the World Series, so they're doing something about it. And on the, on the flip side of that, I wish I rooted for a team that had kick-ass management like that that was like so angry that he didn't take them all the way, they just fired him. Like they should have done to Rex Ryan after he took them to the second champ- the AFC Championship in a row and didn't make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, nobody would have thought to fire him but a regular organization might have. The Yankees might have fired him because they like to win. If you go two years in a row to the AFC Championship and you don't get to the Super Bowl, maybe you should be fired. But in my mind, I'm like, you're taking this legendary Yankee. He's done a really good job. He did an amazing job this year, and this year you fire him. It's weird. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it just... Um, just one of those things that just makes you hate the Yankees, let alone, you know, I always listen to the sports station when I'm going to sleep or, you know, whatever, or I'm walking around, uh, and all they do is talk about baseball. It's so fucking boring. At this time of the year, this time of the year, I got to hear about baseball. It, it, it stinks. All I want to do is hear about football. That's why I love going to Los Angeles during this time of the year, because they have stations that talk about college football. They talk about regular football. New York stations do not, all they do is talk about Yankees baseball. Why wouldn't I hate them? It's so frustrating. I just want to move on. I want to be in the moment, in the season. Baseball doesn't come back and they, they get so excited. Oh, pitchers and catchers. Pitchers and catchers. Baseball sucks, everybody. It sucks. Until you get to the World Series, which is still pretty boring, unless it gets exciting when you get a Game 7, which wasn't exciting at all because last year was amazing. Let's face it. The Cubs and the Indians, who's going to win? I mean, that's good stuff. Game 7. This Game 7 was over by the third or fifth inning. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm in a bad mood anyway because I tried to go to the barbershop today and uh, I'm sitting there and the guy, how you doing? Because I like this one guy. And then uh, they're like, oh, uh, there's a guy that has an appointment at 630. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he's got an appointment. So then I just left in a huff. 
like a girl. So I was really angry. I really just wanted to get a haircut and get it over with, and I figured today was the day. Because here's the thing. Now, you know what? I'll tell you this at the end, I think. I'm just talking about the podcast and what's upcoming. Tomorrow, I'm supposed to do the podcast with Larry Moss, the legendary acting teacher, and Vincent Masso. They've canceled on me twice already. Uh, I, I maybe predict another cancellation, but that's what's supposed to happen tomorrow. I don't know. We'll air that in the future sometime. Let me tell you about my uh, my week, uh, the past week. Last weekend, I did uh, uh, five days of drinking in a row. It was phenomenal. This weekend, just one. Took it easy. Took it easy. I couldn't take it. So Thursday night, last Thursday, I go out, and my now good friend which makes me very excited. Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne. We've talked about him on the show. I'm going to try and get him on the podcast now that we're becoming friends. I, I don't think I blew it. Uh, said, hey, listen, I am... In fact, after I signed off on my last podcast, he told me I'm, I have a new band. Come down and see it at this place called Berlin. So I took Jessica Pilot, I know, uh, with me, and we went down to see this group which are called fever high it's two girls and adam pretty much is he doesn't sing he just play he plays all the instruments and they have a drummer an electric drummer you know just hitting that pad but adam does all the music it's unbelievable when you're sitting there watching it you're like wait a minute there's one guy doing all the music he does everything with his keyboard it's it's quite phenomenal but they're like so i was listening to some of the stuff it's like it's like banana rama stuff it's two girls one is really hot, and the other one is, 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 is not. There's just no other way to put it. She's okay, but then when, she, uh, when we went to the show, she cut her hair, and that, that, that was just not um, good. But uh, it's really funny. This is the kind of music, and, and it's funny to go see. I thought he was, you know, his previous stuff is kind of, you know, poppy, and this is poppy, but in a completely different way, which is why you really got to love this guy. He does so many different kinds of things. down these girls are they're really cute they just bounce around on stage and sing these silly songs and like i said one's ridiculous and she knows she's hot and she's playing it up she's taking off her top like no you know you didn't see any boobs or anything but you, you know she's just taking off like her shawl or whatever i don't know she's got a sexy shirt on she's she's playing it up and she's cool and that's why this video is good she's wearing little shorts they're at the pool they know what they're doing i guess I don't know whether the music... It, the music's kind of fun. It was a fun little concert. You don't expect it. This very small venue, which I've seen other bands there before. It's real fun. Here's one of their other songs. I think this is their new one. I think it... it yeah, this is, their, this is their brand new one. It dropped. 
It dropped last week. <laughs> it dropped. I gotta get a song so I can drop it next week. Cast my spell on you. That's sexy. I know what they're doing. I don't know. It's a fun song. I mean, it's good enough. I don't think it's going to win any awards. Two girls from Brooklyn. And they're okay, you know? But it's kind of funny because I was thinking this is, uh, is Bananarama. And it is. They really assume that's what they're really going for. Of course, this is 80s, so you're getting your 80s groove out of it, right? I played one that you don't recognize. Not the uh, Venus or She's Got It. Or, uh, that is the same song. It's very similar in a way. You know, we love those 80s tunes, like when we saw, uh, you know, Brewster's Millions uh, set up. <laughs> God, I really do miss those 80s music songs. They're so horrible, but but they're so, uh, I mean, they really had a, you know, you can tell right away when something's from the 80s. It's, it's quite fascinating. And then there's those girls, but this is their, like, big single, whatever, right? I don't know. <laughs> this is their big hit, big hit. Now remember, if Adam Schlesinger does come here, we say, like, this is terrific. This is terrific. Because remember, we're very two-faced on this podcast. Everybody's face, as Russ Mitty says, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Podcast. Everybody's face, we say, this is great stuff. And then behind their back, we're like, what the fuck is this crap? Everybody keep the secret. Keep the secret. I don't know. It's like these girls, they just sound hot. I Facebooked the, the, the blonde one because I, you know, yeah, I'm stalking her. Get her on the show and be like, yeah, you're terrific. You're terrific. What's with that other girl? Yeah, if, I, if I can get him to play live or something, that'd be kind of fun, right? Now, that's not the point of the uh, story. The point of the story is that this is this guy, Adam Schlesinger, who is just kind of my hero at this point. And I think that's why we've been friends because... Um, when I was at Sarah Silverman's rooftop party over the weekend, I've met him before, and he's writing Sarah's new Broadway musical. He's writing the music, and it's amazing. I can't play that for you because it's a secret. But uh, not that she's doing the musical, but the music is. And, uh, you know, I was in the reading, and we've talked about this before. And 
I was at the rooftop party, and you know we've been seeing each other and kind of meeting more and more. And I, I just keep praising him. I was drunk, and I was just—he's like, I got to keep you around because it's like everywhere I go, he's—I found out he's written one of the things that's in my head every day. Now we've already talked about this that we know that he did this one, which we know, which I've talked about multiple times. This is probably the one he's most best known for. But he writes catchy melodies, catchy tunes. This is Dave Juskow's favorite kind of stuff. And he writes funny stuff, too. Stuff's funny. You gotta like a musician that doesn't take himself that serious, you know? That's like always a plus. Well, this song just gets heated up, you get to the chorus, it's so awesome. And he knows how to rock, too. I'm mesmerized by this guy. Great song, right? Classic song. Maybe, you know, uh, heard it too much or whatever, but good stuff. And, of course, one of the greatest songs really ever in the sense of if you're asked to write a song for a movie where somebody says to you, the director says, I need a song that we can hear over and over again and we don't get sick of it. He completed that. Won a contest to win this. I'm going to try and hit the harmony. And then come up. The Wonders. 
with uh, that thing you do. <laughs> the Oneaters, that thing you do, going all the way back to 1996. It's a hell of a song, a hell of a movie, a hell of a motion picture, as I used to call it back in the day. It's 96. Could be happy, can't you see? I let it play out. I can't help myself. I didn't think I was going to. I'm like, no, I'll just give him a sample. But then it's like, I love that song. And you know what? In 1996, when I was at Catch a Rising Star, as me and William were talking about it in the first LA episode, me and this guy, Rob Paravonian, who is a musical comic, used to sing this song at the end of the night for the crowd uh, once a week. We used to sing this song. He knew it. And um, I would sing the harmonies. And we just had a blast. I don't know why I uh, don't ask him to just come out and... Do that on one of the shows before. Maybe I should maybe I should do it in December. Why the fuck not? What do I care? Let me tell you something. That's what I was going to tell you. I was at the Giants game. We see little Lenny Marcus comes up, you know, because he works for the Giants. And we were talking about whatever. And he told me that on my birthday show with the prop comic, the legendary Wid, apparently the comedy seller got letters saying that um, the show stinks. <laughs> and they're really angry. Uh, that he wasn't a professional uh, comedy seller comic and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, they didn't tell me that. They're like, oh, they didn't want to hurt your feelings. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I have to laugh. If I ruin my uh, time at the cellar because I invited the wit on, that would be hilarious. It would be sad that that's the way it went down, but it's also hilarious. Like, why did you get kicked out of the cellar? Oh, I had my favorite prop comic on. They got all angry. But boy, did people get angry. I told you people in my office still angry. It's fascinating that people get so angry when you try something a little bit different. A little bit different. He doesn't suck. He just, I mean, he sucks, but in a different, but in a fun way. I mean, Jesus Christ, I almost like ruined my career uh, just for, because I wanted to see this guy my birthday. Remember, I wasn't even going to open it to the public. I was just going to do it for my friends. Plus, the charge was $5. People are complaining they paid $5. I mean, you get a couple of drinks, you probably get out of there like 25 bucks. Are you kidding? Really? You had to write letters. You're that angry. It still had Artie and Attell and Mike Vecchione and Russ did an amazing job. Fuck you. Unbelievable. They're so angry. They're probably angry. Why was Matteo Lane singing? Who is this guy singing? Oh, my God. People get so angry. What? So angry. Well, I mean, I should really talk. I, I, I'd i probably write a letter. <laughs> I'm saying or so. But, uh, well, you know, now it's the, the other side. And screw you. Anyway, that song rules. The point of this also being, this guy is so unbelievable. This Adam Schlesinger that I just found out recently. He wrote another one of my favorite songs that I have in my head that I play all the time, that I told you guys why I hate Val Kilmer because when I was at the Jimmy Kimmel Show and this group happened to be on, I knew all of their songs and Val Kilmer and Jimmy Kimmel were making fun of me because I was like dancing and singing 
with the 15 year old girls because <laughs> I knew all the words. He, he wrote this song. He's so fucking cool. Doing this, you know, in front of uh, Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Val Kilmer, and they're like, "What's, uh, what's with your friend? Was he, uh, was he a homosexual?" <laughs> I'm like singing, "My friends, and faces the name and the trends. High school never ends." Batman from the third Batman was looking at me. He's like, "What's with this guy? What the fuck is this guy? Look at this guy. What's he doing?" Why does he know this song? Why does he know this song? Jimmy's like, uh, I, 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 I don't know. It, it's awkward. It, it's, he's a friend of Sarah's. I don't know how to stop it. She's the prom queen. Captain of the chess team, black the crown, seen it all before. I want my money back. I'm just saying the diversity of this guy. I, you know, I like songs that are poppy, stupid, and they rock. These guys rock. I mean, for me, they play loud, and it's melodic, and that is the kind of stuff I like. I like all different kinds of stuff, but I can't deny I like a lot of bowling for soup stuff. And can you believe? My boy wrote this. Now, I told you this once before. Uh, Sarah and I were watching. Uh, I was telling her about the movie Music and Lyrics. We were just talking about it. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's really funny. In that movie, Hugh Grant, it's Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. And they have this really funny pop song in the middle, in the front. Like he's a, the, the premise is that uh, Hugh Grant was a member of Wham, you know, technically, whatever their band was called. And he was the Andrew Ridgely. And so it opens with the Wham! song with the regular guy singing, you know, and Hugh Grant's in the background, whatever it is. And the first song goes, Pop Goes My Heart. And then we see the credits and it says, songs by Adam Schlesinger. And Sarah and I look at it and we're like, this, this, guy's, this guy's unbelievable. This guy's unbelievable. I didn't know he wrote the songs from the movie. I didn't know. We're just sitting there going, you got to be kidding me with this guy. He does everything. He knows all the stuff that, that is in my head. We got the same taste, I guess. I don't want to put him in my category, you know, but clearly we do um, because these are definitely the songs that I would write. So I said, oh, my God, we're watching, and we saw the Pop Goes My Heart. He goes, oh, I didn't write that one. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought you did. But it turned out that he wrote this other one where Hugh Grant's just at the piano, and it's just really slow, and it's good, and again... Just so melodic, and they use it at the end of the show so he could so he could win back Drew Barrymore. And I was at at Sarah's party. I was telling him, God, I love when it goes up to that to that next uh, 
level where you I can't explain it but I'll show you when I get there because I with a melody it's just good it's a romantic comedy it's a good song in a technically just okay movie so please forgive these few brief awkward lines since I met you my whole life has changed it's so ridiculous too because the premise is that Drew Barrymore is getting up to leave because it's so annoying when girls are like I can't take I can't take it and then he starts singing and she's in like Madison Square Garden and right in the middle of like you know it's filled she just stops and realizes he's talking about it it's so stupid but that's the way we enjoy our romantic comedies it's not just my furniture you rearrange and she's like oh what he's eventually the furniture I was living in the past but somehow you've brought me back And I haven't felt like this Since up. before Frankie said relax And all I know I love that. I love that part. On my track record. And I love talking about that kind of stuff too. And I told them about it. I'm like, I love when it goes up and Since Frankie said relax and then I know You know, because it's very show tune-ish. So he's like, oh And that's when he was like I gotta keep this guy around all the time because I mean nobody knows that kind of stuff. I I don't. I'm obsessed. I think about it all the time. Like the it's, it's very much like a show tune. So why wouldn't I like it? All I'm asking you is don't write me off just yet. He writes really good lyrics too. I gotta say, you know, it's fun. Too much piano. Just let's let's get to it, you know. I remember watching the movie thing. Come on, let's just go. I've been telling myself the same old story. That I'm happy to live off my so-called former glories. But you've given me a reason to take another chance. Now I need you. Despite the fact that you've killed all my plans, and though I know I've already blown more chances than anyone should ever get. You know what the sad part about this song is that um, Andrew Rid- Andrew originally couldn't pull this off. <laughs> That's what uh, didn't we talk about him? The, yeah, we talked about him the other day because I think he did. He marry somebody from Bananarama. Oh, it's all connected. What? Oh. The Nightfly connects it again out of nowhere. He's unbelievable. They also he also did another song for that movie, which was uh, you know again good enough, good enough. Let's just hit to the. Send dreams away, just in case I ever need them again someday. I've been setting aside time. This is the one him and you know technically Drew Barrymore writing together for a Britney Spears like artist. He's writing this for a romantic comedy, so. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect movie song, you know, just like that thing you do in a completely different way. It's like you, you can just ask this guy what you need and he just delivers it, you know? I'm fascinated by him, obviously. This guy's so unbelievable, he actually got to write a song for the Monkees' new album. The Monkees. Yeah, you heard me right. 
he uh, they had a new album uh like uh, i don't know 2 3 years ago and it was reviewed really well and uh he you know it's um you know without Davy Jones so or was Davy I know Davy Jones was gone so I think it's Mickey Dolan singing probably his heroes and he got to write a song for them that's pretty cool it's like Elvis Costello when he got to work with Paul McCartney write a song for him I gotta say, Mickey Dolan sounds amazing, right? He must be like in his 70s. Sounds really good. It's very impressive. Look, he's doing the Stacey's mom. Uh, 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 uh. So you know it's his. That's his signature bit. It, 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 the song is good enough where you're, you know, I if I was listening to this podcast, I might think like, I want to get that album. It's pretty good. The Monkees? What? A new album? What? It's insane, right? You probably never even heard of it. I think it's called Good Times or something. Then he wrote another one, which I, I don't have uh, something about like, I remember the good, there were great times if I remember them, something, you know, about just being drunk and stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I guess he got to work with the monkeys too, which is pretty cool. But you know, nothing uh, beats the, the, that awesome Davy Jones British voice. You know, we love it. He was so cool. Oh, I could hide the wings. He's like the only guy that that you can actually hear his accent when he's singing. I think that's why I like it. A lot of times when people are British or Australian, they just sound American, right? It's weird, right? I'm doing the Neil Diamond version. Billy Veranda, homecoming queen. We're coming to America to see you. Now you know how. Sweet Caroline. I think he wrote this, right? Yeah. Cracklin' roses all over my shit Cheer up, sleepy dear Oh, what can it mean To a daydream believer And a 
I think I turned into Charlton Heston for a minute there. Sleepy G. <laughs> oh, what can it mean? Dr. Zayas, daydream believer, and a homecoming queen, Doctor. Doctor, I'd like to kiss you goodbye. All right, but you're so damn ugly. Huh? Should I do Planet of the Apes next? I should, right? 30 minutes of just the narration, like, and the three astronauts go into the Forbidden Zone for the next half hour. They dream, believe, and Yeah! But, of course, nothing will be as good as Davy Jones' greatest triumph, of course, uh, of all time, which is the, the legendary Brady Bunch song. <laughs> uh, Davey, if you're ready, uh, we're ready for the next take. Uh, right, Hugh. You can just picture him in that studio with the head holding the one headphone or holding his ear. Girl, look what you've done to me. Me and my whole world. Let me ask you a question. Is there anybody that grew up with the Brady Bunch in syndication that if you went into a recording studio and the microphone is higher up than you, you're not thinking of this song and Davy Jones singing into that mic? Is there anyone who could have possibly grown up with nonstop Brady Bunch, knows every episode, who can possibly resist not doing this bit if they were ever to get into a, a booth, a recording booth. You oh, now it picks up. To me the horns. With your smile. Oh. You did it, girl. Sing it, Davey. I'm telling you, girl. Not yet, right? It picks up. I guess that comes later. What you are is a horrible song. Here's some backstory on this song I just found out. Uh, it's kind of interesting. This song was made for a motion picture, uh, a talkie, uh, called The Star Spangled Girl, starring Get Ready, starring... Sandy Duncan. You heard me correctly. Yes, Sandy Duncan as the Star Spangled Girl. Now, here are the women that passed up to be the Star Spangled Girl. It was based on a Neil Simon play. You know how I can't stand that guy. Um, Britt Eakland, who's so hot. That is the one from Man with the Golden Gun, right? That super hot, ridiculous blonde girl. If she played the Star Spangled Girl, I'm seeing that movie. In fact, if I don't know about it, I'm seeing it tonight after I finish this podcast. Brett Eakland, hot. Ali McGraw, not interested. Sybil Shepard, back then, I'm seeing that movie as soon as I get off the podcast. I don't know what happens in that movie. I don't know what the movie's about. Oh, it's about a swim. She's, uh, she's an Olympic swim. Tony Roberts is in it. How have I never seen this movie? Oh, right, because Sandy Duncan's in it, and no one cares. 
Tony Roberts in it. Now, Sandy, I am looking into your left eye, and it seems to be all googly. Do you have a glass eye or something? Um, and Goldie Hawn. All offered the lead role, all turned it down because they knew it was going to be a bag of shit. So are you telling me I just named three of the hottest? I'm not counting Allie McGraw because I like blondes. Three of the hottest girls at that time. 1970, let's figure this, came out in 71 and filmed in 1970. Sybil Shepard was, I mean, you've seen Taxi Driver in that 75, and she's gorgeous. Britt Eklund in 73 and the man with the gold gun. She's gorgeous, stunning, and Sybil Shepard's even hotter. And Goldie Hawn, are you kidding? In her day? I mean, how hot is that going to be? And then they say, we're like, well, we can't get any of the really hot actors. We'll settle for Sandy Duncan. And then they wonder why it flopped. I don't understand. It's a Neil Simon play. It flopped. What, what, what's, what's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. You got Davy Jones from the Monkees. He's pretty much in his, maybe a little past in his heyday. It's only 70, right? And um, he's still cool and awesome, and he's still a monkey, and he's singing the opening song. Thank you, girl, for making the morning brighter, girl, for making the nighttime nicer, girl, for making a better world. He's singing, thank you, girl, for making everything great. Thank you, Sandy Duncan. For really making my life great. You see, all of a sudden, movie doesn't work. Movie doesn't work. And I looked at the opening credits today of the movie, and it's just her in like, uh, do you remember the opening, the Partridge family and like different colors? It's just her. They have like her in different colors while the song's going. Already, if I'm watching that movie, I'm like, how are they talking about Sandy Duncan like this? How did this happen? Sandy Duncan is cute. Sandy Duncan plays Peter Pan. Sandy Duncan is not a bombshell like Britt Eklund, Goldie Horn, or Sybil Shepard. So if you can only get Sandy Duncan to be in your movie, don't do the movie. Or find an unknown, you're better off, who's ridiculously hot. Oh, my. I can't believe I just found that out today. Love finding out that new kind of stuff. He changed. There it is. You what you are. And what you are. And they, they said this song was a bomb too, you know, because it's in a crappy movie. But because of the Brady Bunch, it's legendary. I don't think it did well. Like, I don't think they re-released it or anything, but um, you and I know it. But it's a crappy song. And uh, it, it's it's funny that it's crappy because it's also fun but i think it's because of the brady bunch i like when it fades out too in the, uh, in the Brady Bunch, he's still singing, and they just fade him out from the board. One of those Sinatra-like horns. Uh, you gotta love the fade out. Very Partridge Family-esque. Uh, classic. And so 
in the movie version, it says the opening lyric, the girl, look what you've done to me and my whole world. That's in the single. But in the movie version, they change, girl, you have a way with you. You could change my world. They clearly knew they, why they need that change. I have no idea. Um, it reminds me of when the Red Hot Chili Peppers were on the Krusty Comeback special and he asked them to change their lyrics and they're like, oh, that's better. Can you just do a hug and squeeze me or something? And they're like, oh, that's actually, hey, we don't change our lyrics for anybody. And they're like, oh, that's actually better. <laughs> Simpsons rules. Um, but how about that Davy Jones, huh? How about that Davy Jones? He's, he's, girl, look what you've done to me. I'm always trying to get that, whatever British he is. Me and my whole world. It's a lot different from, I'm a mechanical boy. Like a mechanical toy. Because he's doing it like the Michael Caine version. Let me see if I can do it like Michael Caine. I'm a mechanical boy. Like a mechanical toy. I'll never get... I'll never get... But I might die. (laughs) I don't know the lyrics. (laughs) I'm a mechanical boy. I'll never get... So I never can die. I never can die. I can't sing like Michael Caine, I don't think. Uh, Puff, now look, Puff, always fascinated by the Brits. Always fascinated by the Brits when they're doing the British accents. I don't want them playing American. I don't want to hear this Millie Bobby Brown and her stupid proper accent and then play, uh, take the American roles from the girls. I'm telling you, we're going to talk to Larry Mouse about this. Oh, we are going to talk to him, all right. I hope he's forthcoming in what he's going to say. Tell you something right now. Tell you something right now. He better be. Or else. Oh, here's something interesting. This guy, I'm just one more thing about Adam Schlesinger, just because I uh, obviously spent way too much time on it. But um, he writes all the songs for Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which I never watched, but uh, you know, three seasons already. And uh, like, this is one of his just catchy songs. He just writes. Hey, folks, Gavin Johnson. They're here different. With some bad news. I'm just Looks gonna like go skip. Have- this is called the Santa Anna Wins, I think. Devil Wins. But they got this guy to sing like uh, Frankie Valley. But he wrote this. Hello there, it's me. I'm the Santa Anna Wins. I cause allergies. I also make things weird. A little bit about me on my hot, hot breeze. That originates from high pressure. I'm fascinated by the guy because you know what he does? He he writes songs in people's styles, but he writes new songs. So he never does covers. He just writes songs in styles of the people when they ask for it. Like those two girls, like, hey, we'd like to be like a Bananarama band. And he writes those kind of songs. And then 
you know, that thing you do. Like, we need something, like, from, like, a 60, like, a Beatles kind of thing, like a Poppy and Peppy tune. Uh, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's, it, I, I think that's pretty cool. And that's, I don't know, that's what I'd like to do. You know, if I could compose music, I, I would do that, too. I have done it before. I guess that's why I like it. Um, you know, I used to, many years ago, I, I got to find it somewhere. I wrote my own Elvis Costello song. I wrote my own Elvis Costello song. I sang it like Elvis Costello. I used to perform it at Caroline's all the time. And it was based on the fact that if Elvis Costello was wrote a theme for an up all, a USA up all night movie, you know, it was called Sorority Schoolgirl Rules. And I made this song, and I swear to God, people would tell me. I remember Eddie Brill even said, he's like, well, I don't know that song from his collection. And I'm like, no, I wrote it. It's mine. So I think I'm good at that too. But I, I'm not, I can't do what he does. But in, when I was younger, I think I could, like, I, you know, I have a Cars song. I don't know whether I've ever played it for you guys that, you know, I got um, from my movie, the Cars movie. I wrote like a Cars-like song. I think was, I guess that's why I really like this guy so much. I, um, or you know, I'm fascinated by him because I guess, you know, I like doing the same stuff. I don't think I have the Cars song on my list. Yeah, no, I don't have it. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. It's called. It's called. Um, How did you do it? And it's in the movie Turbo because you couldn't use any of their songs, so I wrote one Cars song that I could use. And I think we just used it once. I should probably put it through the whole movie. And it's like, How did you do it? How did you do it? How did you know? Oh, how did you know? You know how to press the buttons that make me go. Trying to do my Rick Ocasek. I did the best I could when I was younger. I gotta get back to that glory. (laughs) Yeah, that glory. Uh, The glory of what? Glory of nothing. So, speaking of... um, Oh, so... Uh, anyway, also, so we went to that band, I was going all the way back to about a half hour ago, uh, and I went with Jessica Pilot, who we've had on the show before, you know, and she's so annoying, um, mostly because she's always texting, always texting, because she's, uh, you know, kind of a millennial, uh, who's always on the phone. Beauty is, we had a wonderful time, her phone died, and then we had a great time together, a great time. I gotta get rid of her phone next time I hang out with her. I gotta say... I wonder, you know, if we, if you could just get somebody's phone to drain, I think we'd all have a better social existence. Thank you. That's my story. That next Friday, I went to the Devils game, and the Devils have been playing so great, and I went with uh, Steve Fabrican, the manager of the cellar, his two friends who we went to see, Tom Petty and Daryl Hall, who are a lot of fun, and this other American, one of the roller derby girls and her husband, and we had a blast. I mean, real blast. We were drinking, having a good time, and the Devils game was great. They were up. They lost the lead, tied, went to overtime. Did you know in hockey this year they changed the rules where it's now overtime three on three? That was way cool. I heard they went to four and four, uh, but they, this must be brand new. And then we saw a shootout, and the Devils won. So it was great. And then we went to that bar again that we went to that Hall and Oats and just, you know, you could sit outside and drink and stuff. It was a real fun night. Plus, I saw the president of the Devils, and they did say that I could use my clip from crashing where I'm wearing the Devils jersey when they score a goal. So I'm trying to get the raw footage of it so there's more. I mean, how exciting would that be for me and nobody else? Like nobody in the, in the arena or anybody but just me. 
um, my Aunt Judy's having her birthday party there again on, uh, on the 29th. I'm hoping to get the clip in by then. I don't know. Um, then Saturday, I went to, uh, you know, Rhoda's, uh, my mother. And my sister is so annoying. She directs shows. As you know, I complain about them all the time. My nephew's stupid shows that I got to see, right? They stink. Because it's like seven years. Like I was praying for a high school product. You know, finally he was in Bye Bye Birdie, which I, you know I didn't want to see. We talked about this. But at least it was a high school production. It was a little better. I'm, I, I don't have any kids, so I don't want to see seven and eight-year-olds. I, I, I can only see enough. So she's doing a production of Shrek this year. But this is the worst part about her doing it. I finally remembered to turn on the damn recorder. Her and Dory, my niece, are sitting in the car. We're going to my mother. We're trying to go to for lunch. And all they are, all my sister's doing is talking about how great eight-year-olds are, what amazing actors they are. And I, I, I can't take one more minute of her telling me how great these eight-year-olds are. Yeah, don't you usually ask everyone to email you? I do, but then the thought of 102 emails... They don't know they're being recorded. Like whoever shows up on Sunday, right? Right. I like you want to say, oh yeah, and the, okay, so Sophie Spencer was, was she just like really, really good? She and Carly, it was, the two of them were by far the best. Carly's amazing. I, I Carly's a better overall entertainer than Sophie. She's talking about an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old. Who, are you kidding? With that kind of passion? Oh, this, it's amazing. She's an eight-year-old, she's, oh. She's an overall entertainer, is what she is. I can't take this for one more second. She, I can't. If, if she was talking about directing a play with adults, I can accept this. I'm not going to sit and listen. I'm sitting in the back seat. I'm like, this is the worst day of my life. And my niece, who's a college student at Rutgers, is so obsessed with these kids. That's all she ever talks about. I told her she, she doesn't have any friends. She's just sitting there like, oh, my God, those eight-year-olds are great. Yeah. But you know how Amy feels about Sophie. I do. So, so yeah. Well, oh, I was the internal eight-year-old drama. You know how she feels about Sophie. Oh. Like an Amy pushing for her, of or was course. she just like that totally good? Amy. I gotta go diagonal here, right? Yeah, down there. Oh, there's Rhoda. A uh, little uh, audio clip from Rhoda. Um, but I mean, Sophie is good. Right, and Sophie's fine, and she'll be fine, and Amy will work with her, so I don't have to worry that it's not. And then happen. Carly was like the. Mice, right, or something? Yeah, so the, the mice have the number with Donkey. Right. And, and I, those are three really good singers. Yeah, I was like, they're going to kill it. Yeah. They're going to kill it. They're going to. The, 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 the three idiots playing the mice in the play of Shrek in the musical. Like, oh, they're going to kill it. They're going to kill it. Let me tell you, this is so. They can't believe they don't realize how retarded they are. They're not going to kill it. This is exactly like that sketch on Saturday Night Live when they're doing Legally Blonde and they think they're great. And then it turns out to be an eighth grade production and they're absolutely horrible, but they think inside they're great. This is pathetic. Now what I got to do is I got to, when I see that show, unfortunately, I'll probably go, I got to get a clip of these mice singing and really, uh, and, and let's, let's see her example of killing it. I'm sure Yael's not happy. Well, she's never really was that good. No, we just like her. Yeah, she's just... No, I'm pretty like sure this is where... Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, why did you give Rose Weissman something? You know why? You know why. Just because of... Uh, what's her face? Because That's she's right. Jewish? Yeah! Dave Juskow edited in the racial comedy. Woo! Yes! 
Oh, that's good stuff. They didn't even pay attention to me for two seconds. Everyone's to the list. Oh, and then as soon as I said that, uh, her police alarm went off. Because <laughs> of Jenna. Yeah, just because of And really- it turns out um, Sydney Klein is also Jenna's student. No laughs from the Jewish comment. No laughs. So why did it even open my mouth? That, I, let me tell you, I can't, she, the beauty is that there, well, she might listen. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, but the best was when we were there, we were actually listening to my podcast. You might even be able to hear it in the background. Uh, you know, Beth listens to it all the time. And my mother's like, I should really listen. And my sister's like, no, no, no. It's not for you. I've told Dory not to listen either. <laughs> Score. Screw everybody. Anyway, uh, eh, I'm going to tell about that other stuff later. Um, I want to talk. Of, oh, um, oh, okay, I'll say that. Uh, here's what I'll. Uh, I want to talk about Dave Cross for a minute. The comedian Dave Cross. Dave Cross, as far as I'm concerned, is, uh, and I do not like to throw around the word comic genius a lot, but David Cross, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what he's doing now, but in his day, and I still think now, is a comic genius, uh, of, of, a true comic genius. Um, he's very intelligent, he's very bright, and I just think he's terrific. Apparently... Uh, a few weeks ago, well, actually in 2007, so it's a long time ago, some twat Asian comic named Charlene Yi, who I've never heard of before. I've never heard of her ever. I, apparently, she's pretty popular. She's always on Conan or stuff. Um, you're not gonna, if you guys don't laugh at this, we can't be friends anymore. This is what she said happened. Yi, who is of Asian descent, I mean, she, 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 yeah, she's Asian descent. She looks, she's Asian. Um, she looks like a complete asshole. I mean, she just looks like a complete asshole uh, and doesn't look funny in any way, shape, or form. Um, she, she go, I'm trying to think which part to play first. But um, she goes, I think about the first time I met David Cross, which is 10 years ago, which means she was probably in her 20s and should have been uh, bowing in his greatness. And um, she's like, uh, I met Cross 10 years ago and he made fun of my pants. Dumbfounded. Can you believe this? Dumbfounded. I stared at him speechless. She's dumbfounded because a, a, a legendary comic genius made fun of her pants. You're a comedian, asshole. That's like the greatest honor you could get, jerk off. And then it gets better. Dumbfounded. I start, This made me laugh out loud when I read it in the goddamn paper last week. Dumbfounded. I stared at him speechless. And he said to me, what's the matter? You don't speak English? Ching chong, ching chong, ching. <laughs> So she's all up in arms for this. It happened 10 years ago, and uh, Dave Cross's wife isn't taking his side, which is the smart move, Amber Tamblin. Um, but it's such a joke, such a joke. I mean, Dave Cross, is, that's what he But If you can't take that and you think that's bad, um, you, you just shouldn't be in comedy. This is her com- This is her on Conan. Talked about this. You're such a funny performer. You've auditioned for Saturday Night Live a couple of times. And um, I can't imagine you, you'd be so great on that show. You've done impressions for them, and that's something I don't see you doing. Do you do imp- you've done impressions for SNL? Yeah, I've done a couple, uh, some kind of bad ones, some kind of good ones. I guess it depends who. In an like. audition, you want to probably just stick to the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like, which one, like what are um, your impressions? Uh, I got a. Drink. Like, what's, what's a bad impression you do? Um, 
The b a bad one is my George Bush. Yeah. Um, okay, it's okay. like. <laughs> You don't need to see it. It's 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 a horrible imitation. She says it's horrible. Let's move on. They seem to like that one pretty oh. good. You do a Tracy Morgan impression. Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's Tracy. Tracy in the house. Dang girl, I like your hair. Touch my belly. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I take offense to that because I don't like an Asian girl uh, making fun of the black vernacular. Uh, I don't, damn girl, uh, I take way offense to that. What a twat this woman is. She's very young. She's, uh, I don't know whether she's a good comic or not. I'm going to assume she's an idiot. But these young kids who are not getting, he said ching chong, ching chong. Oh my God. Yes, of course he did because he's awesome. And that's hilarious. He did that to me the first time I met him. You know, I, I think he just said, oh, shalom, whatever he did. The first time I met him, he was making fun of me. And I was like, this is, I didn't even know who he was. And I was like, this guy's hilarious because I'm like a comic and I know, and I, he came with good references. Um, I think I met him, I don't remember who I met him with, maybe it was Sam Cedar. So I knew he was going to be funny. And it's just like, so he already has a reputation and she's just like, he made fun of my pants. What's happening? What's happening? This has to stop. So that's up. This happened in 2007. She's bringing it up now. She's taking the Harvey Weinstein thing a little too far. That's where it's going to get to. Yeah, I mean, the Harvey Weinstein thing, we need to talk about it. But, oh, my God, this woman stinks. Charlene Yee, I'm going to remember this. I pray to God Sarah doesn't come up and be like, you know who my new best friend is, Charlene Yee? Oh, that's going to be tough on me. That is going to be tough. I'm not going to be able to stand it. I'm not going to be able to take it. I'm not going to be able to take it. I'm talking like Colin Quinn now. On Sunday, I uh, went to uh, Fiore's Pizza down on Bleecker Street because they had a the anniversary for the uh, fireman who died in uh, 9-11, uh, which is the, his name of the thing. And his, his daughter was there and his uh, grandson and stuff. So I uh, went down and Colin came and he's just, his new thing is he just gets mad and he puts his fist in his mouth. <laughs> he's so cute. Uh, but that was really fun. That was really fun. Um, and then uh, I'm trying, to, oh, so uh, you know what? At this point in the show, I really, um, really have much else to say yeah i'd like to tell you about the coming weeks of the podcast i would like to uh, take this next time to promote what's going to happen for the rest of the year and give you the schedule uh now this uh, podcast that we're talking about now it, it's it's uh monday november 13th i believe right uh yes now next week Next week, November 20th, it'll come out. We've been putting it up on Mondays, which, quite frankly, is very difficult for me because I'm always, uh, you know, either drunk or something on Sunday nights. Uh, you know, I went to the tailgate, got really messed up, and then, you know, really felt bad when I came home. Eh, this story stinks. Anyway, um, we are having a guest on, on November, uh, November 20th show to promote his new awards television show that comes out December 2nd. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this, because I can't believe I didn't hear about this. He is the producer and the founder of something called the Carney Awards, or the Carnies. And uh, a friend of mine, Andrew Hirsch, told me about it. He's like, hey, do you want to go to the Carnies? I'm like, dude, I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what you're talking about. The Carney Awards, if you haven't heard from, of them, 
is outstanding achievement in character acting. And it is, yes, named after Art Carney with Art Carney's son, Brian Carney's, and Art Carney before he died's permission. It took 15 years to put together, and I believe the second annual one, or heading right in the beginnings, uh, is coming up December 2nd. Like Now, uh, these are the criteria. Now, we're going to talk to this guy, David Katz, about how he uh, developed this. Uh, this is right up our alley. So there are 10 nominees. The criteria is that each actor could not have won an Oscar or an Emmy, and they must have been acting for at least 25 years and have a total of at least 50 film and or TV credits. The Carney Award is given for a lifetime achievement of acting. Now, here are the nominees for this year that I guess have already been picked because I know it was done about two weeks ago. Uh, and we'll be able to see it televised. He won't tell us who won, obviously, on December 2nd, I believe, on Cozy TV. The nominees are... Now, I don't know who this guy is by name, but when I saw the listing on the site, you know exactly who it is. His name is Xander Berkeley or something. I, I have no idea who he is, but, I mean, you know, this is why the Carnies are brilliant. You look at his face, you're like, oh, my God, I've seen that guy in 100 things. And that's what they're all about. William Fitchner. You've seen this guy in a hundred things. Really, I don't, I, you know, don't know his name. I mean, this is classic. Now, Richard Kind, now that's our boy. Now, I know him. I mean, I know him personally. He's even in Tootsie, or he was in the reading at least. And I've known him for years. He's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's amazing. I hope he wins. William H. Macy, we all know. Totally deserving. And interesting choice, Wendy Malick. Why not? She has been acting forever. Uh, Wendy Malick from uh, Just Shoot Me and Hot in Cleveland and Dream On and uh, Seinfeld. Um, yeah. So those are the nominees. What a great idea. I don't know how they fill up uh, an hour of awards for one awards, but I guess we'll talk to them about that kind of interesting. Last year, they had Bob Balaban and David Paymer. Duh. This sounds like a lot of fun. So he's going to be our guest uh, next week. Next week, and uh, unless he cancels, which keeps you know always happening to me, but I don't think he will. And that should be quite interesting because you know I'm pretty sure I should be nominated at this point. Well, I have over 25 years of acting on TV and film, but and yeah, I feel like I really should be in that category because I bet you if you put my face up there, people are like, oh, I remember that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. I might be able to be nominated for one. Oh, I don't have 50 films. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some work. I'm going to have to do some work. Well, again, we'll talk about it when he's here. So November 20th, David Katz from the Carnies. From the Carney Awards with Art Carney's blessing. You got to like it. Um, on, on November 27th, the Monday after Thanksgiving, I'll probably do the podcast with me and Dory. Well, I will probably play her clip talking and uh, just really shove it in her face that I can't stand when they do that when I'm in the car. On December 4th, uh, assuming, again, uh, these people don't cancel, we will have uh, the great Larry Moss and Vincent Masso together. They're hilarious. I mean, Larry Moss, if you understand, if you've ever heard of Meisner acting or, um, you know, Lee Straussberg, you know, the guy from Godfather 2, uh, and their techniques, this guy is the modern-day 
new acting tech, tech uh, you know, technique teacher. We've talked about him multiple times, and he will be live here in the studio, as we like to call it. December 11th, I'll be solo. December 18th will be the annual uh, Me and David Tell Lighting the Menorah Hanukkah podcast, uh, three, the third annual Lighting of the Menorah Hanukkah podcast. Me, David Tell, uh, maybe some other guests, uh, some, other, some other Hebrews, we'll see. And I think on the 25th, which is a Monday, I might play last year's A Christmas Carol that I did at the Comedy Cellar, which I never put up because it didn't pay to put up after Christmas. But if I put it up Christmas Day and through the new year, maybe that'll be okay. And we've never aired it before, so maybe we'll take a stab at that. And then we'll be off on the 1st, and then we will come back with fresh shows once again on the 8th of January in a little thing I like to call... 2018. Yeah. Well, that's our show for today. It's a pretty dandy one, I think. I don't know. It's okay. We played a lot of music, little clips. I, uh, oh, it's election day today. Well, when I'm filming, I, uh, voted. But uh, I'm telling you, four years from now, I'm going to be the Manhattan Borough President. And that'll be the hell of a podcast, won't it? A hell of a podcast. Stop all these parades. Oh, it'll be fantastic. Oh, by the way, I've been, I figured out a way to win uh, through gambling. You know, I've been having a lot of trouble. I've been losing money. I've had to borrow some money. It's really bad. But uh, I only bet now Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. That seems to be the way. So that's what I told myself last week. Didn't work out. The way now... <laughs> is uh, I just need to leave the house and not watch because that leads me to gamble and then everything's uh, as it should be. But whatever the case may be, uh, I do like betting Mondays and Thursdays and Saturdays. It's super fun. and what, uh, Because I really feel now the NFL is going back to the way it should be. So everything's going to be okay, everybody. It's November. It's November. It's the funnest time of the year. It's the best time of the year. We got the Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's time, you know, until I get depressed between Christmas and New Year's. But right now, it's dark and everything, but it's all leading up to Thanksgiving, which is always fun. And then in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it all goes so fast from Labor Day to New Year's, so fast. But that's the way it is, and that's the way we like it, and that's the way we do it here in the big city. The big city, New York City, the Big Apple. So next week, uh, Dave Katz, my interview. Uh, next week will be my very serious interview with David Katz, uh, founder of the Carney Awards. Uh, I'm going to try and do an interview like uh, Meet the Press. Now, David, uh, when you first started the Carneys, let me ask you a question. I hope I can keep it together. I hope I can actually uh, let him answer a question. I've never met him before. This is going to be weird. I've never met. I don't think I've ever done a podcast where I haven't met somebody before. First time I'll be meeting him is when he walks in my apartment. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, obviously, he's up for doing the podcast, so he must be nice. He wants to promote the uh, Carnies, December 2nd on Cozy. Oh, and of course, Love Actually, which I played up top because, I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know. <laughs> doing the best I can. Mateo's already said he's in. Natterman, the regulars. That's December 19th. It's still happening. So that's the show for today. Next week, the Carnies week after my niece 
you and I won't be together alone again until December 11th. But uh, we will be together, and there will always be fresh podcasts to be had every week on the Nightfly with Dave Juskow. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great November week.